and welcome to the Limitless Landscapers podcast. I'm Charlotte and I'm Paula and today we're talking to you about how to stand out against your competitors. Yeah, what makes you different in a crowded market and how can you learn from your competitors? As the co-founders of the Landscaper Circle, we help you get more money, time and freedom to become limitless through our experiences as fellow landscapers and our tried and tested methods. If you want help with your marketing, managing or growing your business, you've definitely come to the right place. If you're a landscaper, garden designer or supplier to the industry, then hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Now, let's get back to the show. So we have a three-step plan for you, which is going to make a really unique and different brand so you stand out against your competitors and in this very obviously saturated market. Um, So step one is all about analysing your competitors. Now, I know that people can kind of be a bit hesitant about this, especially when ego comes into play. So saying, what can I possibly learn from my competitors? They're all, you know, worse installers than me. There's nothing that I could learn from them. But there's always something you can learn from them, whether that's something that they are doing good. So maybe their social media is really good. They're getting lots of interaction or just not what to not to do even. So are they doing something that makes you learn from their mistakes almost yeah so um i mean there's lots of different uh varying degrees of competitors i think you'll all agree um it's always quite good to when you're speaking to a customer see who has been around to quote because if the same names keep coming up they are certainly your biggest competitors, even if they're doing things differently to you. Maybe that's a different way of installing, um, a different way of marketing, a different way of branding. Um, it's always good to have a little look around at their website, see what they're doing. You can also see um, whether they're running ads via Google, which is always interesting, because especially when you decide to start running ads, are they are their ads appearing at the top? Um, what are they saying in them? How can you be different? Um, how can you be better? How can you stand out against them? That's the main thing, standing out, particularly now um, when we're in this crisis period, I suppose, because some competitors won't be able to weather the storm and some will. They'll, they'll be like you guys and they will be looking to improve um, and they'll probably be looking at you. So it's a good time now to really reflect Really think back to what what com- competitor names are coming out all the time. Um, if you can, I mean, find out if you can um, see a, a quote. Some customers have done this in the past. If they've wanted a cheaper price, they're happily share their quotation with you. Um, and the, what I take from that is not just how different you are price-wise, but also specification. Um, that's where you can really make the difference because if if they're not installing to the same high quality standards as you that's a major uh, a major thing to learn from that that's why you are priced the way you are uh why you are better than them um why you're installed to better standards and also it's all the other things that you can offer um that again it you might not want to look at competitors but looking elsewhere as well Yeah, because I think also um, you may have a very different idea of your competitors in your head. You may think it's uh, companies A, B, C, but when you speak to your customers, it's actually D, E, and F. 
So it's a good way to really look at your competitors, see what they are doing, see what they aren't doing. And I'll keep saying this in this step and the next step. Um, Gaining inspiration. So definitely not copying. There should be no copying, but modeling best practices um, and gaining inspiration. Um, it's It's a great way to make your business stand out by looking at all these different companies um, and analysing them. Yeah, and it's also a good way not just to look at the bad points, um, focus on what they're doing really well, like Charlotte said. Um, If they've got, I don't know, a better brand than you, then it's maybe look at your brand, see if you can improve on that to get a better, higher quality of customer. If they've got a better um, performing website, maybe their website's really slick and easy to use. Again, what points can you draw from that to put into your own business without copying them? You don't need to copy them. Um, It's just about modeling um, and modeling the practice, not copying, not just lifting content off their website and putting it in your website and not just saying to your web website designer, oh, I like that one, copy that. That that does not do anyone any favors. Um, I think it looks very unprofessional, actually. And I think you should always put your own spin on everything. So basically, the customer's buying you at the end of the day. Um, But it's about how you stand out against your competitors to get them to get you in there, yeah, basically book you in for a site visit over somebody else. That That's really the, the first goal, is to get them to call you and, and then to book in for a site visit if they're the correct client for you and your business. Definitely, and I think as well, if you end up quoting for them and then they turn around and decline the quote, most people will be happy to give you a reason as to why. And if you know by speaking to them at the site visit or just asking them on the phone, or do you mind telling me who you went with in the end and why, what did they do better than us? Most people will be happy to give you that feedback um, as long as you kind of position it as, look, we're just looking for feedback to improve. We're always striving to improve our services and our offering. Um, Most people will say it's either because of price or it's because they gave us a really unique design or whatever the reason may be. So again, it's making sure that you're getting, as well as doing a full competitor analysis now, making sure that you're consistently reviewing and getting feedback. Yeah, and customers are key. I mean, other ways you can do this um, if you don't feel confident asking um, face-to-face or via email is you could set up a survey. Um, Surveys are really good. You could set uh, a survey to go out to your existing customers to find out what they love about you. You could set a survey up to go out to um, people that didn't buy from you and went elsewhere to find out basically why they went elsewhere, what was the key elements that you were missing in their eyes. Um, And that's a really good place to start as well because not only are you reopening communication channels um, with people that might need A, extra work done, or B, it didn't quite go as planned with that contractor and now they need someone else to sort the mess out. That's a really good way of opening up the communication channel. And to do a survey, you might think, oh my God, that's going to take ages. If you use SurveyMonkey, it's pretty easy um, to do, isn't it, Charlotte? Yeah, it's literally like a drag and drop question builder. You can use the templates that are there and it is completely free. Um, You can get a web link so you can copy the URL and post it in your email. Um, and it's very easy to use. And if you watch our um, email marketing topic that has gone live and the customer journey, we talk about automated emails um, in both topics. And we talk about sending out a survey email. And in that, we show you guys how to use them 
to basically get more feedback, more referrals and more testimonials. So that's a really good way of doing that. Yeah, I just think it's a great way um, not only to find out a bit more about uh, where you could improve or where you're really killing it, um, but also reopening communication channels is always key, particularly at this time, um, because I expect a lot more people are thinking about their, their outdoor spaces as they're stuck in, stuck at home mostly. Definitely. So that was step one, competitor analysis. Step two is analysing companies not in your industry. So looking where you gain inspiration from. So for the Landscaper Circle, I've gained a lot of inspiration through clothing, fashion sites, um, through magazine type sites, blogging sites. Basically looking and making sure that your Instagram feed or wherever you go to to kind of follow people, whether that's Facebook or any other platform, you're following people that inspire you. So I make sure to follow all of these companies. And for example, I follow a soft drinks company in America. They're a small company focusing on natural soft drinks. I follow them, not because so much I'm interested in the drinks, but because I really like the way that they do their social media. And I never copy anything that they do, but I definitely gain inspiration by looking at one of their posts about their, what they call soda cans. For me... I'm like, I really like how they've spoken about that whilst uploading that image or I like the way that they've presented this graphic that I could do um, this for TLC, which is different. But again, it's making sure you're looking at other sources of inspiration. Yeah, and what that does is it will create something that your competitors definitely do not have because not many people look outside their industry. They immediately start comparing and contrasting themselves to people within the industry, um, people that they perceive as doing better than them. Um, again, it's all about perception because um, an online presence can really make you seem different to what you are. We all know this. Um, and it's basically if you look outside of the industry and that could be any industry like Charlotte has been saying. Um, and just take some bits that you can put into your own business model. Maybe it's the way um, they sell. Maybe it's the way they have conversations. If you phoned up a company and had a really good chat with a salesperson and then bought something from them, what did they do that you could potentially take pieces out of that and put into your own sales process? Um, there's so many ways to look at other industries and bring it into your, into your own. Because some, in some ways, landscaping isn't the most... Um, innovative industry out there there's so many other industries that you could learn from and take bits from would you not agree Shah? definitely um, for example I drink oat milk and the brand I like is Oatly and they are an amazing brand um, in general but their social media again is really um, unique and they have a very strong brand voice and by that I mean when you read something, you kind of have a voice in your head, and normally it's your own, but everyone has a specific tone in the way they write. They have a very sarcastic, very funny, very dry captions, and they have this unique voice throughout their packaging, throughout their website, and it's consistent across their social media. And I gain a lot of inspiration from that in the sense of making sure that, you know, there is this consistent voice across all our Landscaper Circle posts that you know it's a post from us just by reading the caption. Um, so things like that, you may not pick up from someone else, your competitors in your industry, because they're not doing that. Um, so it's always good to look at other people and other industries 
and follow them on social so that when they have a post, obviously you can save Instagram posts, um, the little bookmark in the bottom right corner underneath the photo, you can save posts and on your profile there is a whole saved section which no one else can see, it's just for you. But it's great because any posts that inspire you, any posts that give you ideas for social posts you could do yourself or maybe campaigns if they're linking to their website, um, you can save them all in the saved section and then go back to them when you're looking at your social in two days time when you've scheduled that time and to do that. So it's it makes a really unique brand because you're picking bits from everywhere else, really. It's really good for, in uh, by way of creativity as well, because um, if you look around at most landscapes, not all, um, but we all follow a very similar um look feel um and color schemes it's it's always around the grays and um the greens um very not very often you get anything away from that and so really to help with creativity when you're looking at other brands and other industries you'll get far more creative inspiration i feel that you could put into your branding into your website obviously into your social media posts so yeah um creativity I think is, is key as well definitely I mean when we first looked at the landscaper's circle we specifically didn't choose kind of the greens and the greys because we wanted it to stand out against our well we don't really have any specific competitors because there's no one offering our services specifically to the landscaping industry but we wanted to stand out so that you guys would instantly recognize us and it's a very, very strong brand image. Yeah, totally agree. And when I rebranded uh, my landscaping company, I picked a colour, um, basically a teal, similar to what's in the landscape circle, just because it's underused in our industry. So I felt, felt I just wanted to get more away from the green um, and introduce a new colour in there. Nothing too, because I still wanted it to be very classy, high-end, slick, um, but just changing that one or adding that colour, because we still have green in in various areas, but it's not as hard, as widely used as, say, the teal is now. I just feel like it gives it something a bit different. Yeah, and I'm going to slightly digress into branding, but I feel like it's important Charlotte to say. Charlotte loves branding. You don't... I love branding. It's my, <laughs> my favourite topic in the world. Um, it's... You don't have to stick to just one like accent colour. You don't just have to have a green with greys and blacks. As Paula has, as Paula said, she has two colours. She has a green and a teal. You could have, you know, a couple of colours. And within that, when you're creating flyers and stuff, you can have that colour, um, but use varying lighter shades and darker shades in the background, not as the main bit. Obviously, the main bit should use that that core colour, but any kind of elements in the background, you can use that. I think. It, there's this big misconception is that you have a logo and you have this one green color or one color and you can't um, use anything else when actually you can do anything. It's just getting creative and looking for those outside sources will help you with that. Yeah, massively. Perfect. So that's step two. And then the final step, step three, is basically, obviously you've looked at competitors you've looked at other sources you've looked outside a lot now it's gonna look at you what makes you you do you um speak a different way what's your talent what's your your focus um and making sure that although you're modeling things and gaining inspiration from these other brands you still stay true to you yeah you you are the reason people buy 
Like, um, you have to build trust, credibility, and rapport before anyone's going to part with their money, particularly on um, a high-value item like a new patio or a driveway. Um, it's not cheap, or it shouldn't be cheap. Um, and they buy into you, essentially, because your brand and your creativity and your ads are only going to get you so far. They're going to get you that call, that inquiry. They're going to get a site visit booked if you've pre-qualified them on the phone and they are the right customer for you. Don't be tempted to pick all customers because not everyone's going to fit with you. Once you've done that, when you get there, it's you that's going to sell the job. It's you that's going to sell the dream. And, and what you're what you've got to think about in this step is what makes you you? What kind of knowledge do you have that other people don't? What are you really confident in discussing and chatting about? Is it the design element? Is it, do you have a passion for decking or do you have a passion for porcelain or um, whatever it might be? It's kind of conveying your knowledge to the customer. It's getting them to know your personality a bit so that they they actually, you build a rapport with them and they like you so that when it comes to them making a decision against possibly three, probably now in this day and age, about seven contractors um, that they've seen, the only reason they're really going to buy is because of you. And it will be partly down to your personality and partly down to the knowledge that you've imparted to them if they believe it's of value. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's kind of looking at yourself. Like, what do you know? Um what makes you you? What's your personality and how you can bring that through um, into basically into your marketing, branding, into your business? Don't be afraid to be you. What, you know, doing some behind the scenes stuff of what you get up to, what's your interests, what makes you you? People love that. Yeah, because I think a key um, understanding is that you are part of your brand. It's getting that wrap around your head of, I am part of the brand, so what I do and say reflects my brand, and I am the I'm the personable side of my brand. The colours and everything obviously isn't personable, and the personable aspect is what sells it. As we are a service industry, as you say, it's what sells the your company is at the end of the day it's you, as well as your customer experience, which again is a topic on the Landscaper Circle website where if you have certain steps in your journey that your customer, uh, your competitors, sorry, don't have, then again, it puts you and your company above everyone else. Yeah, and it's kind of in... The whole goal with all of this is to stop people buying on price because if you are one of the most expensive installers in your area, which I massively think you should be, then you need to make sure they see the value in picking you over the cheaper option and that's having all the elements we've discussed it's it's looking at your competitors making sure you model them in the right ways and avoid the bits that they're doing not well um then it's looking outside of the box outside of the industry to see what you can take from that to put into your business it's looking at your customer journey um it's building a really great customer journey that basically none of your competitors are going to offer and it's looking at your email marketing, how you communicate with those customers once you've left them at the site visit. And then it's looking at you. So all these elements are there so that price is never that option. Price is not the, the problem. Um, the reason they haven't bought is because one of those elements is off. Um, would you not agree? Definitely. And I think 
this is a really great three-step plan that's easy to do and it's effective. It's looking at a wide variety of things and making sure that your brand is completely unique because you're pulling from so many different places as well as yourself. It's going to be a very unique brand compared to your competitors. And even if you have an established business, again, it's making sure that they don't focus on price. And if you are finding that that is happening in your business and people are just declining because of price and they're not seeing they're basically they're then not seeing the value of choosing you over someone else. And this is what this process does. And with all this time spent at home, there is no better time to sit down and go through this because you have the time to do it. And it's going to be one of those things you may listen to the podcast now and go, yeah, okay, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do it next week. But it doesn't take long. It is very easy to do. And I would recommend just sitting down and doing it now and getting it done because you will feel so much better once it is done and happier and you can start to implement the changes. Well, I also think there's an element here that you've got to be massively honest with yourself. Our brains are amazing things and they will, the ego will come out and you won't want to admit that some of the things you do or some of the ways your website looks, I mean, it's always quite a personal thing when, when you have to look at someone's um, brand or website and you have to say, you know, things that they they're not going to want to hear because that's their ego that will pop up to the surface and think hang on a minute I think it looks really good or you know they don't know what they're talking about or or whatever it might be that is just your ego that website cost me so much how can they say (laughs) that that's another one (laughs) it's just getting over your ego and it's not it's something that's present in all of us it will pop up at varying times your ego generally is there to try and protect you because your brain don't want you to feel like well, basically like rubbish. And you it's kind of getting over that and you've got to be completely honest with yourself. You've got to look at your business through the eyes of a customer or your perfect customer, really, um, and see where you can add more value and where you can be more different and where you can be more unique and where you can generate a more personable approach where building rapport is easy. So why would they go with someone else if they really like you? that that's my key yeah focusing on positioning yourself as valuable over your competitors I think is really important so I would challenge everyone that's listening to this to right now do what we've said the three-step plan and once you've done it if you're looking at your branding guide or take a photo of yourself and tag us at the landscaper circle so we can cheer you on and congratulate you for getting it done because it is something that people think I'll do it next week they never do it and they're in the same position in a year's time and we're here to help you make sure that you're closer to your goals in a year's time than being where you are right now. yeah and also it's using this time wisely, like Charlotte said. We're all back, we're all sat at home. We're, we've all got a lot of responsibility. I'm I'm trying to homeschool children and run businesses and um, make dogs happy here. <laughs> so it's very. I know everyone's got pressures, but all we're asking you to do, and it's very simple: get a piece of paper out, go on Google, start looking at competitors, have a look at building a survey for your customers that you could just send out. Um, And just get some thoughts down on paper and have a look at your process, your customer journey. Go to the customer journey topic if you're a member of the Landscaper Circle and go through that uh, process as well. Um, And then once you've got your ideas on what the competitors are doing or not doing, 
industry, outside the industry influences that you want to bring in. Um, and you've probably looked at your branding guide and your website and stuff like that. All it is is a sheet of paper with all your ideas written on there. And then you can look at, then look at your email marketing and come up with a new customer journey, maybe send an amends to your website designer to amend the website or the branding, or just you can shoot us an email and we can give you some feedback on what you've done as well. So it's not, we're not asking you to, to sit there for hours. We're asking you to get a sheet of paper out and write notes down once you've started looking. Really, that's what we're saying, isn't it, Shah? Definitely. I mean, looking at just, say, three competitors in your local area, it won't take you more than half an hour to look at their websites, look at their social medias and everything that we mentioned. And then outside sources, you know who you interact with the most company-wise on Instagram and that because you'll like it the most. So you can look on your profile in your settings. You can view posts you've liked. So even if you're not sure and you're like, I don't really know who, you know, what companies I've been liking posts from or anything like that, you can go back to those posts you've liked and it shows it in a grid. And so you can see the same brands popping up and then you know, well, actually, I, you know, like a lot of Levi's stuff. So then you can go to their page and see if you can gain inspiration of what they're doing and look that way. I mean, it is one of those things. And maybe you look up, start with, if you really have no idea, start with, maybe fashion brands that you really like that you wear all the time or car brands or anything like that look up what you know you like and start from there yeah I think that's a really good point and like I say it doesn't have to take ages you don't have to have masses and masses of paperwork to do it's really the initial part is just having a look what's out there and you'll know who your competitors are you'll know who your customers keep keep telling you they've had round I know so you must do and don't, yeah, um, on that point, don't um, don't believe the ego. So sometimes I've done it. I think my competitors are XYZ company when actually they're ABC company. Um, you've got to be honest with yourself. Definitely. I think that's the most important place to start is to be honest with yourself and accept that you may be really great, but you're not perfect. Neither are your competitors and you will never be perfect but there is always room for improvement, not only to make sure that people aren't buying on price, but to also make your life easier through the amended customer journey and to make a really unique brand that you are very proud of. And this is one of those things, you've got to do it every couple of years. Paula recently did it by adding the extra colour and changing a few things on the website and updating that and re-updating um, it. The Landscaper Circle has had one rebrand not major things, but the way that we present the logo with everything, the colour background, we used to focus a lot on having a black background, now we don't. So it's one of those things, you will look at it every couple of years and it only takes half an hour, but it's something that really positively impacts your business. Yeah, and I think this is a good step because in a couple of months' time, I'll be going through um, how to create a good sales process. So everything will start linking up. You've got looking at yourself, reviewing um, competitors, um, which is really like a competitor analysis and outside industry influences. And then you're going to be looking at custom. If you follow the landscape circle, it's customer journey, email marketing, and then a killer sales process. So you need to do this bit of work first um, before moving forward in that to get your sales pitch right. Exactly. It's focusing on your foundations and making sure you've got them right internally before you then go and push out advertising and everything else yeah 
Perfect. Well, that was our three-step plan to standing out against your competitors. If you have any questions or you would like any help, then please email info at thelandscaperscircle.co.uk and make sure if you are doing it that you tag us at the Landscaper Circle on Instagram. We'd love to see what you guys are up to and we will see you on the next episode of the Limitless Landscapers podcast. Yep, see you then. Um, I'm off to homeschool. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 